0: This is Rachel McElroy.
1: Hello, this is Griffin McElroy.
0: And this is wonderful. It's
1: beginning to look a lot like podcasts in the studio.
0: (laughs) And what does podcast look like? Is it wrapping paper and scissors on the ground?
1: Rachel makes fun of my mess. And that (laughs) doesn't make me feel the best. But I still love her despite how she makes me feel.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Uh, this is a uh, wonderful show. We talk about things that we like, things we're into, like the current state of my office and its orderliness, which is not great. Uh, I may have wrapped some anniversary present up here, a big one. And I think I did a pretty bang up job. I don't want to brag, but I this is my small wonder. I'm going to go ahead and hop right into it. I like wrapping presents. When you get that good fold over the corners. Yeah. Oh my god. God, that's really nice. That's so satisfying.
0: I always think of this throwaway line from an episode of The Office where Pam is talking about wrapping presents and she says that you only should use three pieces of tape. And you can see how that's possible. Yeah. And it is a goal to strive for. From I'm usually a fiver. You fold
1: it all the way over lengthwise and then you only need one piece on the bottom. But then uh-huh. for each sort of folded up corner, oh, like I use X- two oh, on each okay. side. Okay. So for a total of five. Okay. So I'm the problem. I'm what they made the movie Fern Gully about it's because of my, my uh, insatiable appetite for adhesive strips. <laughs> do you have a small wonder?
0: Why don't you go first?
1: I just did. I talked about wrapping presents. That was your thing? I can't do a second one. <laughs> I could. I could. Uh, uh, let me think. Uh, I'm, I've been playing so much chess lately and there's a move you can do in chess called forking which is like you put a piece in a place where it could capture two pieces and so they can't Ooh, save both of them and I it like is that. yesterday i was playing a game against a buddy and i forked three pieces at the same time Oof. and it was just like
0: how do you want me to do you bud it's Like, <laughs> oh it's gonna go bad are if, there be, comments in the in the chess app or you can be like how you like that yeah i mean you can chat i
1: usually don't because i <laughs> am not confident enough in my skills to do so but me mm-hmm. and fork in three pieces it wants you oh it is hard to beat that yum mm-hmm. yum
0: I'm just going to say the the house on our street that has the 18-foot-tall snowman.
1: I guess just in general, huge fucking outdoor holiday decorations <laughs> is a real theme for 2020.
0: We, because, you know, everything requires reservations now, we've had difficulty finding an opportunity to bring Henry to holiday lights and decorations. Yes. But on our, our very street, you can walk a few houses down and there is a giant 18-foot Frosty the Snowman. And it's like, it's free entertainment.
1: It's free. It's sad, but that's <laughs> entertainment for us. As we take our son on a walk, he sees a big snowman. He's like, cool. And then we <laughs> go home. Um, this is probably gonna be a bit of a short one. We're on a bit of a tight uh, timetable here. But I wanted to start because it's my turn. And I wanted to talk about uh, this holiday, holiday theme. We're going right in for it, is uh, Carol of the Bells. You know that one? I do. Why? Do you like it or do you not like it?
0: No, I was just, I, I was excited to hear you <laughs> replicate it. Do
1: you know what that's called? I learned a, a piece of musical terminology. I've probably heard it before, but I didn't know what it meant. It's an ostinato. It's Ooh. like a, a phrase that is repeated like constantly throughout a song so i guess technically like uh under pressure the bass line the boom 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 Mm -hmm. is an ostinato because it just like or
0: or like the meow mix commercial meow 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 yeah i guess so (laughs) sure uh
1: but that for that four note ostinato goes throughout like the whole thing um and y'all y'all know what it is i mean I, i probably learned what this song is mostly i think most of the sentiment we all feel for it is be thanks to Kevin McAllister and yeah, his many machinations uh, the version by uh, Mannheim Steamroller is the the most beloved version but I've always sort of conceptually enjoyed Carol of the Bells because it doesn't sound like any other Christmas carol or Christmas song at all like the idea of someone like I'm gonna write a Christmas song but let's make it extra sp- spooky and weird and tense uh, but what I found out in my research is that uh, that's not really how it went down. Uh, this The melody of the song was written by a Ukrainian composer whose name was Mikola Le- Leontovich in 1914. And he was commissioned to write... Uh, a song based on Ukrainian folk music by this, like, big Ukrainian choir. And so he did all this research into old Ukrainian folk stories, and he found this four-note ostinato, uh, and he liked it, so he just composed this entire song around it. Uh, so this song that he wrote was called Shchedrik, uh, and it's based on this folk story that was sort of all about the new year, which in, like, pre-Christianity Ukraine, before they, you know, got on the... the, the gregorian calendar i guess was in they celebrated that in spring so it happened in april so this was an april time springtime sort of song without any lyrics uh and the ukrainian national chorus in 1919 brought it all over europe and america and toured with it and i guess that's where uh peter Wilhousky heard it who wrote the lyrics to the song he heard it and was like oh that's a good song i think i'll take it uh and i, think
0: I knew there were there were lyrics
1: the Merry, 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 Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry, yeah. Yeah, I guess um, you're right. So he wrote these lyrics to the song. He rearranged it for orchestra uh, because he was the arranger for the NBC Symphony Orchestra. Right. So he wrote these lyrics to it. And the song, like the melody, reminded him of handbells. So hence the, hence the whole title. And because the lyrics of the song, specifically the Merry, 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 Merry Christmas, it just kind of now... His version was a Christmas song, but it wasn't that when when uh, it was originally composed, and this song got a lot of play because he was the arranger for the NBC Symphony Orchestra. like it was everywhere, and that is how it sort of became part of the canon of of American holiday songs. Uh, and what's busted is he he trademarked he he copyrighted the lyrics and he published it even though in the Ukraine it had been published almost 20 years earlier. I guess everybody just kind of like wasn't paying attention to that or was okay with that. But that is why to this day the lyrics to that song are copyrighted. The melody of the song is public domain.
0: Oh. Because they
1: still uphold the copyright on that song. That Isn't maybe that why wild? You hear
0: the song more than the lyrics.
1: Uh, yes, uh, maybe that's that's why Mannheim Steamroller is coming mm-hmm. at you with that pure uh, that pure orchestral
0: See, version. Metallica wouldn't have let that. Stand. No
1: way, not at all. Uh, so yeah, Mannheim Steamroller released the most sort of known version of it on their 1988 album A Fresh Air Christmas, which is it sold like six million copies. It's like one of the best selling holiday albums ever recorded. Um, and yeah, I'll play it I guess to wrap up. But before I played it, I wanted to point out this like cool weird music illusion that exists in it uh, that I also found while I was researching it. That like uh, melody, that ostinato that goes throughout the whole thing gives it a flexible time signature where uh, different if, if you play it on handbells, right? If you think about like a handbell choir playing it, certain bells play it in three, four time and certain bells play it in six, eight time. And as a result, when you're listening to it, you can focus on either way of like either time signature. They're like one, two, three, one, two, three. Or one, two, three, four, five, six. You can hear it either way and it works. It's, I forget the term oh. for it, but it's like a weird thing. So, yeah, um, yeah I thought that was really interesting. And now uh, here's a little bit of Carol of the Bells. your first thing
0: uh my thing is also kind of festive although it has a, a longer shelf life i'd say in this season and that is s'mores more, okay Nah. No. you don't it, think it's festive in what way is that, who has christmas s'mores who has, <laughs> who has, it's time for the hanukkah
1: s'mores like who does i'm s'mores?
0: saying it's like a winter a winter time i guess so but you also go camping in the summertime yeah, that's yeah true i was just trying to segue no i feel you i feel you it's good Oh.
1: You can say this. Carol of the Bells is fire. And speaking of fire, <laughs> s'mores.
0: <laughs> s'mores. This is one of those things that I couldn't believe we hadn't talked about before.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable because it's
0: such a like perfect little treat. It's good, and it's easy to kind of forget how good a s'more is until you have one, and then you're just like, there's there is nothing this good in the world. I think. Um, I think for me.
1: It's. I think about how messy it is and sticky it is, and I just think this is not worth it. And then I eat one. I'm like, this is so fucking worth <laughs> it. This is so hugely worth it.
0: Uh, yeah. I uh, I was thinking about this the other day because a lot of times you can buy like dessert treats and some more flavor. Yes. Uh, we ha- got a series of of fancy donuts the other day. That's true. Like a flight of donuts one might say. Well, they say. were an-
1: they were anniversary <laughs> donuts. Let's call them what they were, which was Rachel and Griffin's sad anniversary dessert donuts that we had.
0: <laughs> and there were a lot of uh, donuts options that had graham cracker on it. True. And I said, oh man, I wish they had a s'more one. They didn't.
1: Yeah. We also get, uh, we were occasionally getting these little, what are they called? F- f- Icebox pies. Like, these are yeah. just little cups of like yeah. s'more s- leavings. So it was real good. good.
0: Uh, So I did a little little history on uh, the s'more. And it's interesting because it's a combination of a few things, you know. And when I was reading about it, a lot of people weren't talking about the chocolate. They're like, chocolate's chocolate. There's no story there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I found some information about graham crackers and marshmallows that I thought was kind of interesting. Okay, hit me. Uh, So the very first marshmallows came from a plant called Althea officinalis. Uh, and it was the root and the leaves of the plant would create this like white, stretchy mm, marshmallow gross. kind of stuff. Uh, and it was used to help with inflammation and as a laxative.
1: Fantastic. Uh,
0: <laughs> I imagine that's a side
1: effect of most stuff you can rip out of plants. That's true. And just that's a eat. fair
0: point. Uh, they used to take it and also make it into a lozenge to okay. kind of soothe the throat.
1: And to excite the bowels.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. That was probably like uh those, like, Olestra snacks where it was like, uh-huh. don't have more than five of these. For your- <laughs> I'll be honest. I can think of many times in my life where I could use
1: a throat lozenge. I'll be honest. Right now, I wouldn't mind having a laxative throat <laughs> lozenge. Where is that at? I went to the commercial where the guy's on the mountaintop with the horn, and he's like,
0: Re-cola, I gotta go! <laughs> where's the bathroom I'm on top of a mountain oh no I mean he's got that big horn with a with You're the open you saying end. he's
1: gonna poop into the horn Rachel McElroy I'm
0: saying in an emergency all horns serve as toilets
1: Rachel
0: I know this is not this is not the kind of humor this is so
1: off brand for you so wildly <laughs> off brand <sighs>
0: Uh, but, so this is like very labor intensive, uh, and expensive to do. So by the end of the 19th century, they started using gelatin because it was, you know, kind of approximately the same texture and sure. you can make gelatin taste like a lot of things. Yeah. Graham crackers. This, I feel like has to have been covered on a sawbones, although I'm not a hundred percent on that, but.
1: Oh, that they were like a digestive thing. Well,
0: it's a little more sinister. Uh oh. Uh, An early 19th century Presbyterian minister named Sylvester Graham believed that humanity was on its way to collapse due to a, like, sex obsession. And so he— In the (laughs) 19th—in
1: the 19th—sorry, did you say 1969? The summer of love? No, you said the 19th century.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: No, simply not. <laughs> if only he knew.
0: Uh, yeah, no kidding.
1: Show him some. Show him a fucking episode of Riverdale. Be like, What's <laughs> up now, pal? Uh,
0: and he thought that the food we ate was contributing to our need to have sex. Right. He said uh, that, for example, a steak dinner with wine uh, could increase the ins- excitability of the genital organs.
1: Depends on the size of the steak just sort of anecdotally speaking. No, that's
0: a good point.
1: Me and a big, big old just gut full of red meat, (laughs) not at my most randy, let's say.
0: Uh, So he tried to find a food item that he thought would curb that desire. And so the graham cracker (laughs) was invented, which he named after himself. Uh, I will say this. I think he crushed
1: it. I don't think of graham crackers as being a particular aphrodisiac in any way. No, it's true. He created a he created a boner neutral food.
0: I bet the s'more would just would the uh, s'more though the lascivious
1: him. stretching of the <laughs> of the marshmallow and the dripping gooey chocolate. Oh my!
0: <laughs> do you need to go eat some some snake some snake some steak to calm down? I think I might go actually eat a snake. <laughs> that would probably do it. Sure. Uh, so the combination of everything together actually first debuted in a 1927 Girl Scout guidebook. Okay, uh, the book was all about you know being a good Girl Scout, but there was a suggestion. Uh, a troop, la- a troop leader named Loretta Scott Crew called for uh, a recipe that she called "some more." I figured that that was probably the uh, etymology. Which was 16 graham crackers, 8 bars of chocolate, and 16 marshmallows. Uh, we're not sure exactly when it went from some more to s'more.
1: Probably, I mean, somebody was in a hurry. I can figure that one out.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, and then of course, you know, there are like malamars and moon pies that have kind of a, a similar vibe, but yeah. the s'more in its proper form was actually a creation of the Girl Scouts. Do you like a moon pie? oh no i think i'm looking for the graham cracker and the moon pie the moon pie is all it's like very spongy like the whole thing top to bottom
1: okay i legally i feel like being from west virginia being from appalachia i can't say anything bad about the moon pie
0: is that the origin of the moon pie
1: no we just really liked moon pies it was (laughs) that and rc cola were like a huge thing
0: the chocolate isn't really chocolatey as i recall Which is part of it. Like there's a suggestion of chocolate, but I like that. I like the texture of a s'more because you get in like a little more. Oh, it's no substitute
1: for a s'more, but I like a moon pie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? Nope, that's it. Now I want a moon pie. So now we have to talk about what we're going to do about that. (laughs) I guess a s'more would also do it, but we don't have the stuff for that, I don't think.
0: I mean, we could put that together.
1: With what? We don't have marshmallows, I don't think. We do, we do just to whip some eggs don't. with like sugar and mayonnaise?
0: We and don't, but we have plants, so let's just there's got to be
1: some white stuff in some of these plants. <laughs> hey, can I steal you away? Yes It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks.
0: Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that?
1: Well, first of all, it would be
0: to get 50% off.
1: All right, we got a bunch of Jumbotrons here. We're catching up, making up for lost time. So let's start doing them. Here's one for Shane, and it's from Ashley, who says, Shane, you are my sunshine when skies are gray, my partner in quarantined binge-watching crime, my favorite everything, and the most wonderful part of all my days. Have a fantastic birthday, and don't forget to take your vitamins. I love you always, Ashley. P.S., I will be replaying this episode of Wonderful for all your birthdays to come. Love you. That's so smart. Ashley, you got to work is smart, smarter but not or harder. technically
0: allowable. Unfortunately, it is
1: illegal. And let yeah. me say this timestamp, Shane, this one is only for your 2020 birthday and any other. It doesn't apply to any other ones. And Ashley, if you want that, you got you to pay
0: up. Uh, can I read the next one, please? This is for Claire. It is from Ty Ty. Claire, watching you work in your new garden has been one of the most wonderful parts of this year. I'm so proud of your new green thumb and excited to eat those dang beans and peas. You and our shitty kitties, Nina and Nugget, fill my heart with joy in a tumultuous, frequently unwonderful world. Let's get Ty and finish DS9. I love you, Tyler. DS9, what do you think that stands for? I was assuming you would know. I do. Oh. This is a nerd test.
1: Prove your credentials. Uh,
0: Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. I did it. Babe, congrats. Thank you. That's so
1: choice. Gonna, you
0: fucking geek. <laughs> I'm gonna add this to my LinkedIn.
1: Anyway, uh here's another message. This one's for Era. It's from Jude who says, "My darling Era, thank you so much for all the joy and love we've shared in the last 3 years. I never want to imagine my life without you and I hope I never have to. Here's to many more years of laughing, cooking and growing together and snuggles with our bunny. If this airs in December, happy birthday and anniversary. All my love, forever your Pumpkin, Jude." Uh that's just economical right there. You get that birthday, you get that anniversary, you're sneaking up on the holidays. That's good. Plan to have all that stuff. Me and Rachel, anniversary on the 7th, we get that slammed right up against Christmas. We make Mm -hmm. it, we got it so tight. If only our birthdays were in December too, we could really just sort of cram it.
0: And just have a joyless rest of the year. (laughs) But
1: boy, howdy, (laughs) the anticipation for the big one. Ooh, that would be nice.
0: Uh, This next message is for Mike. It is from Adina. You're the best partner out there for me and I couldn't be happier about how far we've come or what a strong team we make. Thank you for being so wonderful, loving, and supportive. I can't believe how much fun we're still having after seven months of quarantine, and that makes me incredibly excited for the fun life we have ahead of us. I love us. I love us, too. That's such a nice way of saying that.
1: That is such a lovely way of saying that, and I'm glad you're having fun after seven months of quarantine. What do you think the secret is? Do you think it's... um Twister. Twister, you think? Yeah. Just straight up Twister. I think after seven months of playing Twister every night, you probably have some pretty wild homebrew mm. homebrew rules, mm. some additional sort of secret dots for the forbidden Twister dots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean?
0: I mean,
1: I yeah, that I mean.
0: I assume so. Wink, 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 <laughs> you wink. Know, you didn't actually have to wink because this is an autumn. Fair. But you, you did. I didn't want to confuse you. Yeah.
1: My second thing is going to be very, very fast because I'm looking at the notes I wrote for it and it's mad fucking boring. So (laughs) you got to be honest with yourself sometimes. The thing I wanted to talk about was Microsoft Paint. (laughs) For reasons that will become uh, clear to anybody who watches our upcoming Candle Nights special, uh, which we'll have more details about here at the end of the episode because I don't have them in front of me, but it's going to be very, very fun. I think it's on the 19th. That feels right, but we'll have more details that will be for sure accurate at the end of the episode. Uh, I did a lot of illustrating this past week or so. Not in Microsoft Paint. I think I did it in Procreate, which is like the unfortunately titled uh apple like illustration app that's very very fun to mess around with but that got me thinking about my long history with digital illustration most of which took place in ms paint uh i just ms paint has been included in some form or another in every windows release sometimes like a third-party drawing app uh and then as a more uh it was paintbrush for a while and it still is there today on windows 10 but all the way back in 1985 with windows 1.0 there was uh a, a paint app uh, included with the with the operating system, uh, and back when it came out in 1985, it was this third party app with uh, one bit monochrome graphics. So you know, not the not the best, not the most sophisticated stuff at all. But it was free. It came with the thing, and it was probably everybody's first exposure to digital art, which is really cool. And then as time went on, you got Windows 3.0. They were like, hey here's color and everybody's like whoa that's huge (laughs) another big thing was like graphical formats which is like not something that we think about today but back in the day it was actually super important like now we got jpegs and people are like oh shit Mm
0: -hmm. i've heard
1: about jpegs
0: i used to use it a lot for cropping oh Uh, yeah back before the platforms would give you the option to do that like in the platform itself i would i would open up a jpeg in the paint and i would crop it and then i would save it again
1: Yeah, I mean, things like importing actual images was a feature that had to be added to paint as it as it went along (laughs) alongside color. Uh, In 95, you could make your own color palettes, which is, of course, like now it's a huge deal. Now it doesn't have to be these bright neon sort of primary colors. We can make it be whatever we want. And then you got like interface improvements, more format compatibility, things like transparency options, which you don't think about as being like a thing that had to be introduced, Uh, they added 3D support when, like, Windows 10 came out. Uh, In 2017, I really love this. Microsoft added an alert whenever you launched Paint that said, like, hey, this is going to be deprecated soon, meaning they're not going to keep it updated and it won't be included automatically. You can, like, download it from the Microsoft Store, but it won't have this, like, continuous support. And that alert stayed on whenever you launched Paint for two years until they updated the app in 2019 and just removed the alert because they reversed their decision. And we're like, we can't take, we can't drop Paint. Just fucking paint! <laughs> we gotta have paint. They love paint. Um, yeah, I mean, I've talked about my lack of artistic ability a lot. I think very recently uh, on this show, but I always felt very empowered with Microsoft Paint because of simple things like drawing and uh, dragon drawing shapes. Like, yeah. hey, now you can draw perfect geometric shapes and fill them in and not worry about it. That's why I think most of my time with MS Paint I used to like make maps for like different made up board games or yeah. fantasy bullshit uh, that I was on at the time. Um, there was something just real, there was something very reassuring about knowing that it was going to be on every windows PC. And now I guess I can sort of expand this topic to like all of the windows freeware stuff. Yeah. I think back a lot to uh, my mom was a, a secretary at our church that we went to. So there were a lot of days, especially during the summer where I would just like be at the church building for my mom's entire workday. Right. And that, you know, you can play hide and seek or explore, or, you know, just poke around the church and get lost in weird closets and stuff for a while. But that gets boring after a bit. But I knew if I sat down at one of the computers at the church, even when it was somebody else's, I could paint. I could play Minesweeper, soft, uh, uh, Solitaire. I could play some fucking Ski Free. I could play some Jazz Ball. I could free, play
0: Free Cell. Don't free Cell. I could cell. play
1: some Space Cadet 3D Pinball, which was the real shit. And I I think was included in like 95 on. There are people right now who know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do not think you're included among them. Uh, yeah, I just like, I like the idea of just like seeing a computer and saying like, I can paint on that. If I need to, Uh, I I did a lot of that during I would produce the newscasts for the radio station at Marshall and to try and make the news anchors laugh. I would draw like really uh, terrible, silly drawings on the monitor and then like suddenly switch between windows. So it would just uh, appear and try and (laughs) and make the the anchors laugh while they're in the middle of the newscast. Like, I don't know. I have a lot of fond Microsoft Paint memories and it's free and ubiquitous. And I think that's Pretty magical.
0: It is.
1: And also not very interesting to talk (laughs) at length about. Um, So, yeah, what's your second thing?
0: Uh, My second thing is, I don't know. It'll be interesting to kind of see how you experience this. Oh, boy. Uh, It is the what's in my bag concept made popular by Us Weekly. Okay. It's, okay. the, it's the idea, and I don't know if you've seen this or not, but they take a celebrity and they, like, quote, like, dump the contents of their purse out and and sure you see the products they're using and what they're carrying around. We've glanced
1: off this a couple times. I think I've talked about, like, the concept of your loadout, like, your yeah, all-day carry I, uh-huh. scenario. And then I think there was a music... Magazine or blog that did something like this with like,
0: uh, oh, uh, the records, the records, yeah, yeah. Amoeba um, Music, I think, did that.
1: But this is, I, I will uh, admit, a different sort of experience from that.
0: Yeah, so I wanted to give you an example. So this is uh, Busy Phillips from 2018. Fuck
1: yeah! What's Busy working with?
0: <laughs> uh, and so she's got some uh, some goldfish crackers in a fruit pouch. Fuck yeah! Busy Phillips. I mean, she's got kids. It's not like for her. Oh uh, well, still. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, some earrings, and then some kind of carefully uh, curated products. You know, like uh, a hand sanitizer, a lip balm, you got gotcha. to a mascara, and then there's just loose slime in a small plastic tub
1: i'm glad you po- reminded me that busy <laughs> phillips has kids or else yeah. i would have gone from like that's so dope to like loose slime huh? at the time
0: she had a 10 year old and a five year old so
1: we recently quick sidebar went through the slime crucible because henry got a clay face big clayface action figure from batman that came with slime that would like dump out of his mouth and he did that exactly once and it like stuck to the cardboard that we were playing with it on And he didn't seem he did not seem to enjoy it very much. And so we were able to throw it away and he didn't really notice. So I feel like we've He
0: did mention it again though. He mentioned
1: it once. He was like, Hey, Clayface slime, what happened with it? And we had to remind him, like, you got it on the cardboard and we're grossed out by it. And so we threw it in the garbage can. Mm
0: -hmm. We do have a venom toy coming soon though with a similar accessory. Yeah.
1: Stop it. I don't package it's fucked up to package slime with cool action figures. (laughs) Because our son likes cool action figures and you guys are trying to backdoor slime like into our house and lives Mm -hmm. it's terrible
0: um yeah i'm glad you reminded me of the all day carry thing because i do feel like there's a similar thing at play here where i i like this feature because there is this idea that there is this like perfect combination of goods that will uh address all of your needs and can be compact enough to carry around with you oh for sure you know um Part of it is definitely that. Part of it is like a voyeurism of just oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Like, what does Darcy Carden carry around? Uh, what, real quick, what does Darcy Carden carry around? I mean, I could tell you she is a feature on here. All right.
1: I mean, I'm curious. I, th- I think whatever she's on is probably some pretty cool shit. Maybe not as cool as the goldfish and fruit snacks and slime of Busy Phillips, which is a, a truly a, a a fantastic inventory.
0: Okay, so this is from March 2020. Yeah.
1: Oh, boy. Hot off the presses.
0: Uh, looks like she's got some Trident gum. Perfect. Uh, some uh, gummy vitamins, which you'll appreciate. Whoa! In the bag? In the bag.
1: Damn, that's a new one. Uh, that's bathroom candy, but now it's par- <laughs> now it's what bag candy. I love it.
0: Uh, she has a spray painted rubber dinosaur that she got at her sister's wedding. Okay. Some earbuds. Got to. Um, And then you know some eye drops and hand sanitizer. Uh, some mascara.
1: Yeah, I imagine everybody's bag contains hand sanitizer after March of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty much gu- a guarantee.
0: Uh, so the history of this kind of feature uh, goes back to the 90s. Um, I found an example. So there's this great uh, article, this Racked article. Uh, Where they talk about how this has kind of evolved over time. And they talk about a 1995-17 interview with Claire Danes. Where they were like, dump your fucking bag out. And she was like, what? Where she had in her backpack a tape of a song that her boyfriend Ben Lee wrote about her. (laughs) Oh, man. Wait, were they together? (laughs) I guess so. They're not still together, are they? Claire Danes and Ben Lee. Okay. No. No. No, this was a 90s thing. Okay. I also found a 2002 spin article on Fiona Apple. Oh, gosh. Where she (laughs) was carrying around, quote, a bag of jewels and ribbons. (laughs) That sounds good. That sounds right. And then, quote, lots of empty card packets from when David Blaine was around. So I guess she was with David Blaine for a while? These are little time capsules. I just love the
1: idea of wherever David Blaine goes, he leaves a trail (laughs) of empty card packets in his wake. (laughs) She like, was carrying around his
0: refuse? Like at the gas station, you know, maybe the attendant wants to see a trick and he's like, all right, hold on. And he pulls out one of his 37 packs of cards yeah. that he has.
1: Or he just rips it open and looks for a hollow ch- Charizard in there. And he's like, no, again, no Charizard. He throws him away.
0: Uh, so, <laughs> us weekly, uh, is, is the one I'm referring to. Cause they put it in every magazine. It's always towards the front. Uh, And you can find all of these archived online, which was how I was able to find them on such short notice. Fantastic. Uh, It is also definitely, like, a marketing thing. Like, Jennifer Garner, like, showed her Neutrogena products. Uh, And then uh, Jessica Alba showed her, like, Honest Company products. Like, oh, hey, you know, I –
1: I mean, I'm sure they do carry that stuff around, but all
0: right. There was also Katy Perry had one of her own perfumes in her purse, supposedly, which I think is kind of delightful. I would,
1: if I made a a a scent, I would, I would carry it around for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all about you know spreading the brand the brand around.
0: It can also be kind of quirky and fun. Uh, And one of the examples was Nicki Minaj carrying five thousand dollars in loose cash. (laughs) Which I just love. Like in case, you know, she needs to shower herself in it or or purchase, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, gum. I come
1: at this from a different way where I love seeing that shit for like uh, music producers and like uh traveling you know digital artists and stuff like that or like journalists who who carry around like I want to see what laptop they're using and what like headphones they're using and what moleskin they're using like that shit I'm super into
0: yeah I I, it's it's I it's I feel like it is like equal parts voyeurism and also like someone tell me what a grown-up has yeah exactly (laughs) yeah uh, the person that wrote this Racked article recognized kind of a trend in this what's-in-your-bag story, which is there is a quirky personal item, uh, a healthy snack, uh, beauty products, which combine both kind of high-end and low-end, so, you know, like a chapstick and then right. like a super expensive something, and then something related to either your kid's husband or boyfriend.
1: Interesting. Which
0: is almost universally true yeah. when you look at these. Uh, there's a new thing out there, which I'm not as familiar with, but... Through Instagram, there is something called a top shelfie, which is a what's in your medicine cabinet.
1: No. No. I know, right? Y'all don't get to see that. <laughs> Y'all don't get to see my... F- I don't have a medicine cabinet, but I do have two drawers that I don't want nobody looking in to see my two bottles of fucking eczema cream side by side. Y'all don't get to see that. That's my secrets.
0: So the the thing about this, it's, it's this site called uh, Into the Gloss, And if you use the hashtag ITG Top Shelfie, you're kind of competing to get featured on their site. Who the fuck wants people to see their medicine cabinet? This is the thing. So it is a bunch of people trying to be influencers, and they have all the like top end facial creams and moisturizers, and I am toners. And it's not like here's my like three-year-old band-aids as a protest
1: (laughs) i'm going to send a picture of my drawer which contains just off the top of my head several empty pill caddies (laughs) uh some poorly maintained electric razors
0: some like nyquil that expired in 2016
1: yes uh nose hair clippers that have needed new batteries for about three months (laughs) because of the um, truly astonishing amount of play those bad boys get (laughs)
0: Um, this one appeals to me a little less, uh, because it is so deliberately curated. Yeah,
1: of course. Like, not
0: only does this website kind of screen for the products, but it also screens for the persons. So they're looking specifically for a person who is not wearing a lot of makeup and has some kind of, like, romantic backstory, uh, so they can feature them and the lifestyle that they've created, um... But, uh, I, yeah, I was kind of fascinated by that, that this has evolved into a new thing. And, of course, Instagram would be the perfect place to do this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so this is one of those things, like, I, I have thought about it for a while, of bringing it to wonderful, but it's kind of embarrassing because it's like, while I'm not hugely into celebrity culture, like, I definitely was interested in knowing, you know, what kind of gum, yeah, you know, Madonna chews.
1: And it's surprisingly zebra stripes. Uh, Hey, real quick. I want to tell you what our friends at home are talking about. I know we're out of time. Uh, But Emma says, Hi, y'all. Something I found wonderful recently is the YouTube channel Lock Picking Lawyer. He reviews locks and how easy they are to pick. The comment section is immaculate, including absolutely destroying the locks that take a short amount of time to be picked. It's so satisfying and so fun to laugh at something so innocuous. I've seen some of these. It gets it pops up in my YouTube recommendations. That's oh. fun. Sometimes he gets sent, like, locks in the mail from somebody who's like, you'll never break this fucking lock. <laughs> and he breaks it in, like, a second and a half. Uh, ben says uh, an album, Gay Story, by In Love With a Ghost. So great to de-stress, slash, sleep, slash, meditate, slash, vibe to. Wanted to include this one because I recently did my Spotify year-in-review thing. And this album is, I think, my number one. It's a, it's a great oh. little chill, uh, sort of lo-fi album that I, uh, I, I love In Love With a Ghost. And... Uh, uh, I also highly recommend this album, Gay Story. You can find it on a lot of places, but it's it's real nice. Nice to vibe out to. Hey, okay, a lot of stuff. Real quick, uh, MaximumFond.org, thanks for having us on the network, and thanks to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, two events that we need to tell you yeah, about.
0: Yeah, one you know about. One is news to you.
1: Yes. Uh, so the one you know about maybe is our Candlelight Special. It is airing December 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it has little bits from all of the McElroy shows. It's pre-taped. Uh,
0: holiday-themed.
1: And it's all holiday-themed, all Candle Nights-themed. The, Rachel and I have presented a, a long-form Rachel's Poetry Corner with illustrations and an original uh, piece uh, from myself. Yes. And it's... Uh, pretty buck wild and the hardest I think I've ever worked on anything. So I think you're really going to enjoy that.
0: Yeah, uh, there'll be a candlelights poster available for sale and all proceeds will go to Harmony House in Huntington, West Virginia.
1: Yes, tickets are pay what you want with a six twenty five minimum. Uh, that's $6.25 dollars 25 And uh, you can find details all at McElroy. family. So come come watch it. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm actually really excited to see how it all turns out. And I think you will too.
0: Yeah, so if you go to McElroy or sorry, the McElroy dot family uh, and the on tours, you can get more information about that. Yeah, also, there will be a newly announced show uh, that we are doing uh, specifically with Just Wonderful. Yes, and that'll be December 29th. Uh, tickets are going to be available uh, December 10th uh, at that same location. Um, there is an organization here in Austin that I am passionate about called Austin Bat Cave and it's kind of a year end fundraiser we're going to do a uh, a wonderful performance online. Yeah,
1: Rachel's been on the board for them for what? Like half a year now or something a like year. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, it's an amazing organization that like helps to foster uh, all kinds of sort of interest in writing. Uh, yeah, they they
0: do uh, they do writing programs for youth and they actually also do some adult programming now, but but the idea is to bring creative writing Instruction to people all over the city that might not have access to it otherwise.
1: I've done summer D and D workshops with yeah. the, with them with like young young folks for the last three years. It's a really really special organization. We're stoked to be able to support them with a live yeah. show. It'll so be, there'll be
0: more information about that on the McElroy family if you go to tours. Yeah.
1: Uh Yeah, hopefully by the time this comes out That, that, that link will be up there yeah. Um. But yeah, that's it Okay, we gotta run, because you're late for a meeting now yes. So I guess tell them that uh,
0: The dog ate my computer Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was recording a podcast was- with my husband And everyone will be like, yeah, us too <laughs> It's 2020
1: <laughs> We're in Austin We all have podcasts, get out of here <laughs>